Welcome to the Blue Sky Thinking Podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Adrian Barrett, uh, sounding a lot more excited than he normally does. Uh, having been told that I'm getting a bit soporific, but there you go. Today, we're going to be looking at the topic of social media. Uh, social media, as we all know, has absolutely revolutionised the way that uh, organisations of all types, and particularly business schools, uh, market themselves and communicate with their target audiences. But how well are they doing it, and how could it be made better? Well, today we've got Matt Simmons and we've got Steph Mullins here with us, but uh, we've also got insight from business schools around the world who think that they've got the, uh, the inside story on how to make this work. So let's not hang about. Let's go straight in. Matt, over to you. Thanks, Adrian. I think you really might have missed your calling that there's a, a late night radio show you could do. But I mean, very, very late night. Um, social media. Yes. Uh, with the first wave, I remember actually opening, uh, f- uh, creating Facebook group accounts for the likes of Harvard, Stanford and Wharton uh, before they had them and then quickly had uh, the schools rushing uh, to create their own. Um, now, of course, there's a, an absolute bevy of opportunities. And as you have the voices of deans, faculty, uh, students and alumni on Twitter, the visuals that we're starting to see through areas such as uh, Instagram. And clearly, some business schools do social media a lot better than others. Steph, uh, this is a, a key communications channel for the business schools. Absolutely. It's not just sharing the content and articles we produce for our clients, maximising their reach, but it's also a great way to engage with potential current and former students and faculty. Some schools are really good. They have thousands of followers. Others barely utilise their platforms at all. And it's a missed opportunity. One thing that's been apparent in recent years is just how useful LinkedIn is. Schools can use their platforms to publish articles and really become thought leaders in different areas. The platform is already there for them to use. Social media on the whole is very important for direct communication and that's really not about to change. Well, I guess as with other Blue Sky podcasts, you, you've been out talking to experts to uh, to gain tips and insights uh, like you were just sharing on uh, on LinkedIn. So uh, let, let's hear what they have to say. So I'm Director of Marketing Communications at Alliance Manchester Business School. And my team looks after all of the brand marketing communications activity that raises the profile of the business school and also all of the marketing and recruitment of our fantastic students. Brilliant, thank you. So in this episode of our business education podcast, we've been talking about social media and its importance for business schools. I wanted to hear your thoughts on how it can really help support a school's goals. Sure, so it can absolutely be invaluable, but like most things, it's not a panacea. And I'm sure many people who work in business schools will think about times that they speak to the dean, the leadership team, and you hear the cry of, we need to be doing more on social. And really, I think it's key that people take a couple of steps back and think about social media and activity on social as part of a broader integrated campaign. Definitely. I totally agree, Kate. So in terms of best practice for business schools who use social media, what would be your top tips? Yeah, so best practice, really interesting. And I guess uh, I could put it into three different buckets. So the first is really, as I say, about taking those steps back 
and putting it in a more strategic context. The second is around the holy grail of all marketeers, measurements, and indeed the exciting stuff that can be done with tracking, for example. And then the third category is really about content. So if we start with the first, always a good place to start, and thinking about that more strategic context, and this applies to all marketing communications activity really, which is what is the business objective? What is the change in behavior that you're trying to achieve? And if people start by thinking and couching everything they do in that context, you're not gonna go far wrong. I think more broadly, I talked about social being part of integrated campaigns. Now, social activity in isolation is all well and good, and you know, you'll probably gain some traction, but I think it really comes into its own when it's part of a broader campaign that includes other paid activity. So that might be your paid search, for example, or other paid advertising. It also would bring into play your other own channels, the all important website. And of course, not forgetting earned activity, media relations. So I think I take us back a couple of steps to emphasize the point that social is brilliant and can be incredibly powerful, but it really has to be part of that broader campaign. That's brilliant advice and definitely describes a holistic approach that I really like. Um, It's got me thinking, do you think there are some traps then perhaps that business schools are falling into on social media? Are there tactics or messages that schools are putting out there that maybe aren't effective? Um, That's another interesting one and I guess I wouldn't look to specific tactics because if we think about business schools will have very specific objectives in mind uh, and what might work for one organisation perhaps won't be as effective for another. And perhaps I'd look more to, for example, tone of voice I think is really interesting to look at. So we all know uh, there are tools out there like Amplify, for example, and Amplify enables you to share content and easily share content, say, your leadership team could tap in to use it. Uh, You could uh, license it through your alumni. Now, in principle, that sounds great. And when it works well, it works brilliantly. But I think one thing to steer clear of is if content looks, and I'm going to use a technical term here, a little copied and pasted. So uh, by that, I mean it begins to lose its authenticity. And, you know, authenticity is an overused word, but when content has brand integrity, and by that I mean links clearly to your brand and brings your brand to life, and the tone of voice matches, that's when you get that sweet spot and and you see content that, that really sings and engages with audiences. Yes, that sounds like the dream for best practice business school social media, absolutely. Ha, it sounds so easy and it surely isn't easy. No, it is a massive challenge that a lot of business schools are trying to tackle at the moment and you've offered some excellent advice there. Is there anything that you would like us to finish on today? Yeah, so I guess I'd finish by saying less is more. So by that, I mean it's all too easy to churn out buckets and buckets of content and post it across all of your different social channels. But I think 
if people focus on less is more, so creating less content and thinking about repackaging it and repackaging it in terms of audience, i.e. what does it mean to that audience and where are they in their decision-making cycle and also matching it, repackaging it and matching it for different social channels. So uh, it sounds very obvious, but what's going to work on an Insta story, for example, I suggest would be a little different to perhaps, I don't know, longer form content that you might be posting on LinkedIn, for example. Definitely. It's something really important for professionals to be aware of. So thank you so much, Kate McNamee from Alliance Manchester Business School. This podcast is designed to be full of useful tips. So I've got Dan Stobbs here with me now. Uh, He's our resident social media expert, guru, all things Twitter, LinkedIn and everything. Um, So Dan, you actually have a look at how business schools do on their Twitter and various social media accounts. What do you see that they do really well and what top tips would you offer them? One of the key areas for business schools on social media is the whole sort of content curation and production aspect. Because I think this is the most essential part of a social media sort of strategy in the business education sector. And I think one of the things where a lot of sort of business schools tend to fall down on is how they utilise their content. I mean, social media is a sort of a two-way street, whereas a lot of business schools end up sort of pushing it one way. So it's all about blasting the audience with the latest courses and events but the sort of business schools that do it really well is that they try and stimulate debate and conversation by um, pushing out content that really sort of adds value to students and alumni. Interesting so they engage with with various people on those platforms. Exactly yeah I mean one of the fantastic things about business schools is that they've got so much sort of research and data out there that instead of just for example if they're just pushing out one of the latest white papers or blogs why not sort of push it out there and put a question at the end? Because again, I've seen when business schools do that, a lot of the um, current students and alumni like to engage back, add their own insights and own experiences that way. And also it's about sort of fostering that community spirit when you're putting on an event as a business school for, for example, alumni and all your alumni sort of tweeting live on Twitter, make sure you're not just pressing like, make sure you're sort of retweeting that, quote tweeting that because I think it's got a fantastic power in turning some of your alumni into sort of lifelong brand champions because they know that when they post on social media, it's really valued by the business school. Definitely. And I imagine there are hundreds and thousands of people who have studied at these institutions that could be engaging. So the content needs to be there for them to engage with in the first place. What schools do you see doing this well? Um, so one of the business schools actually um, was Saeed Business School. They recently put on a event for current um, business students and they were sort of retweeting and uh, quote tweeting people with all their sort of photos of the speakers and what was going on in terms of the debate mm. so again just for when you're logging on your twitter feed you're constantly sort of seeing that stream of what's going on at that event at that moment in time and because of the way twitter works as well when it's getting high engagement the next time you log on for example the next morning a lot of those tweets are going to be sort of front of mind because they're right at the top as well so again it sort of stays in your audience's minds Nice, that sounds like they're doing a really good job on that. So without naming names, can we talk about sort of mistakes that business schools might be making on Twitter? What can they watch out for and make sure they're not doing? I think quite often um, business schools, particularly when they've got a small amount of sort of staff in their marketing and communications team, they have the approach where they put the same content out on each um, platform. So for example, they put something out on LinkedIn 
and post it word for word on Facebook. But the way the alg- all the different algorithms work now, they've all got their own sort of different nuances and how you should produce content for them. So it's all about aligning your content to the, um, each platform. So for example, I've seen business schools that have a great success on Facebook. They're using a lot of videos because video content's prioritized in the uh, newsfeed. Mm. Because the way Facebook works is if you quite often, if you're posting something that links to an external website, such as a blog or piece of press coverage, Facebook knows that you're trying to take the user off their own platform onto a different one. So it often pushes that down into the newsfeed so people don't often see it. But by sort of transforming that by getting, you know, one of your researchers to discuss some of the findings in a video that appears top of the feed and it gets a lot of engagement that way. So it's all about just looking at what platform and how the algorithm works and sort of tweak and tailor your content towards that. Awesome, awesome. It sounds like you definitely help the the clients that you work with really make the best use of their social media. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to add today? And sort of additionally as well, and not just organic social, but I think paid social as well. I've seen a lot of sort of ads from business schools that are quite sort of generic and not tailored. I think when you need to do paid social, you need to do a lot of what we call A-B testing, where you've got, for example, between sort of two to four variations of an ad to really understand what works best for your audience. So, for example, um, if you're doing a student recruitment campaign, you could have four variations of one ad that's got different text copy at the top and then see which ones are getting the most click-throughs and then constantly over time sort of tweak the, the copy that way so you can constantly see what's getting the um, most engagement and leads and also not just doing sort of what I sort of see as generic advertising for example so I've seen quite a lot of um, institutions on Facebook have success with an approach which I call if this then that. So for example, they create a structured campaign with say like three different posts. And the first post is like a video which is about a minute long. Then if the um, user watches more than half that video, for example, um, a recent one I saw was about, the story was about one of their um, students and how their business course has transformed their career. If the user watched more than 50% of that video, then in the next day or two, they'd then receive an ad with a downloadable prospectus guide. Mm. Whereas if they only watched less than half that video, the next couple of days, they end up receiving a few more different um, Facebook posts, um, which detail more of the services and courses that they offer. Mm. So it's all about sort of looking at the interactions and then tailoring the approach for that, because that's the easiest way for you sort of generate leads on uh, paid social. Mm, that's really clever and paid social is certainly a really big thing now. Mm. It's definitely something that a lot of clients are asking more about. Absolutely. Thanks so much for those tips and advice, Dan. Now let's take a broader overview and look at some insights with Sarah. Hi, Stephanie. I'm Sarah Seedsman at Media Minds Global. I work here leading our research and consulting team. So we do market research and consulting largely to business schools. I understand you have some research on business schools' use of social media. Can you tell us more? We do quite extensive tracking of business schools on social media. And what I'll focus on for this is, I guess, what we call organic social media. So it's the free posting that schools and individuals at schools do. I won't talk about paid social media Mm -hmm. and advertising and sponsorship. That's another stream of business and of work for business Mm -hmm. schools. But we'll look at the organic 
the actual content that they share. So we track a large number of business schools in terms of what they do on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And in terms of the tracking, we track their audience numbers and the growth in that, so their potential reach. We track their posting, the activity, the contents and themes of what's being posted and how the different channels are being used. And we track the engagement to then analyze across all of the posts, what sort of engagement levels, whether that's responses, comments, shares, likes, and so on. So we actually have an extensive body of data. We've been doing it for over 12 months now. So a lot of information at our fingertips. As well as that, we've also got an index where we're tracking on LinkedIn the deans of roughly the top 100 business schools to look at whether or not they're using LinkedIn as a platform for their schools and I guess themselves or not. So again, their activity, their audiences and so on. So what are the key things you'd say from those things would be interesting for business schools to know about? about social media and, and how do you think social media can help support a school's goals? In terms of supporting a school's goals, I think if you're using social media effectively, the first thing obviously is it can help raise awareness of your school. It can help raise awareness of the different activities within the school or activities of different staff members or research by faculty. It, you know, and that in turn can help attract potential students, potential staff, and keep corporate partners involved. It can help convey a very vivid and a very real sense of what life as a student is going mm. to be like and life on campus, particularly the channels that use visuals in terms of you know, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and so on. So it's a very powerful marketing channel in that sense of life on campus and then really importantly it can help engage your community so thinking about your current students your staff and very particularly your alumni who are globally dispersed around the world and not on campus um, social media offers you the opportunity to communicate well with them keep them involved keep them informed of what's going on and then in turn, of course, an engaged alumni community can help you with the rest of your strategic goals, whether that's fundraising, whether that's helping refer candidates, whether that's advocating in businesses. So it offers a lot of benefits mm. if you do use it effectively. Definitely. It sounds like social media can be really, really useful for business schools. In terms of best practice then on how they can really do this well, um, what do you think are some top tips for business schools that are using social media? How can they do it better? The top tips for business schools are, are probably similar to the top tips you'd offer any business using it. I think the first one is always think of your audience. Mm. So before you're posting, think about who am I trying to reach with this? and what is actually going to interest them or appeal to them. Don't just post for the sake of posting. Don't post without thinking about the audience segment you want to reach. I think being consistent, if you decide you are going to start using a particular platform or have a particular person in the organisation start sharing content, once you've decided to show up, you need to stay there and be consistent. I think stopping and starting and being inconsistent really doesn't help you attract an audience and build a following. I think uh, you need to experiment. 
because social media, the different platforms, the algorithms change quite regularly. Mm. And at the same time, user preferences and interests change. So you can't just sort of settle on almost a formula and say, well, follow that. You need to experiment. You need to watch some of the measures on what works, what doesn't, and then develop what you're doing based on that. And we do see, you know, business schools being quite surprised with some of their experimentation of things they thought wouldn't work mm -hmm. do take off and things they were sure would attract, you know, a high level of engagement just fizz and are flat. So a bit of experimentation. I think the other thing is ultimately, even though we're talking about business schools communicating, so if you like, official school platforms, mm. don't sound too official, don't make it too bland mm. and vanilla. You know, the whole purpose of social media is to converse and engage. So it needs to sound more personal, authentic and real. Mm. Don't over edit it to a point that it is so bland that it becomes boring reading. So yeah, I think if we embed that in mind, you're on a good path to some effective posting. Definitely, definitely. I think there's a lot there that we all could learn. And I know you touched upon it a little bit there, but it's always interesting to hear about whether there are some traps that business schools are falling into on social media. I mean, are there tactics or messages schools are putting out there that maybe aren't effective? Yes, there are some easy traps to fall into without even realising it, I think. Okay. That probably we'd suggest people keep an eye out on. So the converse of what I've just said on tips, you know, a trap is not understanding your audience. Mm. What we do tend to see in business schools that can consider themselves to be short-staffed and say, we don't have many people working on communications, mm. they'll often allocate social media to someone very new, young and junior, yeah. because, you know, it's social. You grow up in the digital generation, <laughs> you can do social. And suddenly this person is thrust into communicating with an audience that might actually be very senior and experienced business practitioners. Mm. They might be alumni who've been working for 20 or 30 years. They might be executive mm. MBA candidates. And unless there's a bit of guidance and assistance, you can find that people creating the posts don't quite understand the audience they're trying to reach. So watching out for that would be the first trap. Mm. I think the second trap is trying too hard to sell, if you like. Okay. You know, whether you're looking to reach out to an audience of prospective students or whether you're communicating with alumni, too much hype, trying too hard to sell something, whether it's a program mm. or whether it's an alumni event, doesn't work well, doesn't engage people. So, you know, a simple trick for that is if you've got too many adjectives in what you've written, you're trying too hard to sell something. Strip out the adjectives mm. and let the message speak for itself. Don't oversell. We, we've seen that actually quite recently on LinkedIn. We've analysed over 3,000 posts made in the last 12 months by 10 schools around the world, looked at the different sort of content streams mm -hmm. from rankings announcements, school news and updates, faculty thought leadership, business content and direct program marketing. Mm -hmm. And what we've actually seen is the schools with the highest growth in followers over that period 
had consistently 40 to 50% of their content on LinkedIn was business related and faculty thought leadership. And with that, they achieved three to five times the growth in followers Mm. that business schools that had 20% thought leadership or less. Mm. So there's a real correlation, you know, on LinkedIn, you need to aim for close to half of all your content Mm. being relevant to business and thought leadership if you really want to grow your audience not to direct program marketing and sales. Mm, It's the stories and the insights that bring people in. Something that's relevant, something that's useful, something that makes you think about what you're doing at work. Mm, Really good advice, thank you. I think one of the other things, and I guess it flows on from what we've just said about the content and sharing relevant content um, that we're watching with interest on LinkedIn at the moment and analysing a bit. Little point, the use of hashtags, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, took off of it originally with Twitter in terms of putting a theme into your tweets with hashtags, then sort of migrated as Facebook and Instagram launched them many years ago, and LinkedIn have recently launched them. And what we do find is most people don't think about the hashtags they're putting in. Mm. They just think, I'm writing something, now how many words can I hashtag? Yeah. Which is really not the way to use them mm. because they serve a distinct purpose to sort of categorise your content and mm. ensure that it's distributed to a relevant audience. They're not a form of punctuation to say, Mm -hmm. let's hashtag 10 words in this post we think are important. Mm -hmm. And in fact, research we've seen by sort of bigger global sources suggests that when you're working on LinkedIn and writing on LinkedIn, you should aim for no more than two or three hashtags at most, Mm -hmm. not the lists that we sometimes see of 10 to 20 attached to the end of a post. So it's something we are working on at the moment and working with business schools is be very purposeful, be very focused, do not over hashtag what you're writing. Yeah, choose carefully (laughs) and relevantly. Yes. I, th- I think what comes across to me is the fact that social media has just completely transformed everything the way that uh, schools talk to all their key audiences. And everybody thinks they can do social media because everybody's just immersed in it on a day-to-day basis. But really, how good are they at it professionally, you know, out, out in the real world? I think we had some, you know, some, as usual, some really great insight in the interviews. Dan, Sarah, Case Alliance Manchester. Um, but... You too. What do you think are the key takeaways from this? Yeah, I think you make a great point that because, you know, we're all in some ways engaged on social media, uh, we have this false notion that <laughs> we actually master it. And, and, and I think schools, you know, can, can take uh, small steps to begin with. It's not that they will need to get all of their faculty engaged on social media. In fact, many might resist. So uh, find your champions, you know, look for those ambassadors that, um, uh, that, that will engage. Uh, and little by little, I think that you can build that out and get more involved, you know, clearly uh, identify within the institution your spokespersons, and then, you know, not forgetting the other important stakeholder of, of students and alumni, because, uh, you know, that they're, they're really uh, looking at this stuff, but help to give them a voice. Absolutely. And I think it's so important that schools and professionals really keep up with how social media is changing, the different algorithms, because there's so much information out there on the best practice for, for social media that you really need to read the most up-to-date things, how many hashtags 
is going to be the, the most optimal number on Twitter, for example. A few years ago it was two, but most recently it's four. So things change, and as social media changes, business schools really need to keep up. It's that constant reinvention, isn't it? You know, which is, is, is absolutely key to this because it just moves so fast. This has been the Blue Sky Thinking Podcast. Thank you for listening. For more information, more resources, visit our website at www.bluesky-pr.com. Thank you.